This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Well, that was a beatdown that the Cowboys handed out yesterday to the New England Patriots. And, Joe, we were discussing last week about why this win for Dallas was going to be so important because it, it would have completely changed the discussion about what the Cowboys' season could potentially be. If they had lost at home to New England and you're sitting at 2-2, two and two, after you lost to Arizona the week before in embarrassing fashion, frankly, if that had happened, then all of a sudden there are a lot of different things that start to be in play for the Cowboys and a lot of different questions that are getting asked. You know that Jerry's weekly radio interview is not going to be smooth. There's going to be something he's going to say, and it's going to turn into something bigger. Eventually, somebody's going to start grumbling. That was one the Cowboys needed in the worst way, and I won't say it puts them back on track, but it just completely removes any sort of narrative that could have been around them this week They're ha- they handled their business and they bounced back in a big way and, and they, they did it in a dominant way they did it in a very dominant way they just handed bill belichick who many would argue is the greatest nfl head coach of all time the worst loss of his career so right there there's a lot to be said Prescott played relatively clean football. This defense we've heard so much about throughout the course of the offseason into the start of this season played dominant football. All the way around, Dallas looked prepared, organized, effective, and efficient. We saw something similar with Jacksonville coming off a really big loss the week before to Houston, a really bad loss, I should say. They cleaned it up, and they put it on Atlanta. That's what good teams do. you got to have a short memory in this business, put it behind you, find a way to move on. Having established all of that, Dallas has played four games this year against four teams that are a combined four and eleven. The Giants are one and two. The Jets are one and three. Arizona's one and three with their lone win coming over Dallas. The Patriots are one and three. What we questioned before this season started, how will Prescott, how will McCarthy handle the big spots and the big moments in the biggest games? And we have had exactly one game where that opportunity was presented and they failed. Only one game. But again, no one looks at Dallas and asks, can they be good in the regular season? We know they can. They won 12 games last year. They won 12 games the year before that. We want to see them against the very best. And they got a big measuring stick game this weekend coming up. Sunday night football, Levi Stadium in San Francisco, or I should say Santa Clara, against the Niners. Niners three and a half point favorite. Three-and-a-half-point favorite. I find that very interesting, that maybe they're essentially getting the three for home field, then the hook. That's it. That means these two are power-ranked very closely. In the wow, that's, that surprises me. You know, I had not gone and looked at the lines yet for next week. Uh, that what, surprises me. What are you doing right with your life? If you aren't looking at the line seven days in advance, what exactly you know, are you doing I with your be. life? And, and I did not do that this week. It's a terrible <laughs> job by me. I'll be the first to admit that. Because after the, you know, gambling weekend I had probably should be looking forward to next week (laughs) okay what do we got next week where we can try to bounce back a little bit we're on the week five but that number feels uh exceptionally light to me does it not Or, or what am I missing here with that why are the cowboys getting put on that level was it the convincing fashion of the win yesterday 
that basically makes, makes this a pick on a neutral field? I think it's a variety of things that start with how well both defenses play. Total for this game's 45. Not high, but not exceptionally low either. Three and a half points as an underdog in what's projected to be a potentially lower scoring game featuring two very good defenses. That becomes valuable. You have to ask yourself, how high do you want to go with this spread? If Dallas's defense can come out and get some stops, they're going to be in this thing. But what are they going to do? Because we saw last year in in both playoff games that these two have had each other against each other in each of the last two years, they were tight. They were real tight. Dallas's defense gave the Niner offense a world of problems in that playoff game last year. And two years before that, it came right down to that last possession where Prescott was trying to go down the field. Do you believe that that will be the case this week? That that somehow the the Niners uh, offense is going to be given a lot of trouble by the Dallas defense? Because if, if I am to believe that, what am I thinking? I'm thinking that the Niners' offensive line is a problem. You know, yeah. that, that Brock Purdy has a whole lot of issues in being protected. And even given what Dallas has done, I'm still having difficulty seeing that happen. I, I expect the 49ers to handle this game by 10 to 14 points. Oh, really? Wow. I mean, am I out of turn? By well, you are that? ready to play some alternative lines. <laughs> are we going to be laying nine and a half with the nine? I mean, you could see it getting like that. Again, it comes down. Prescott has been put in three very comfortable situations this season. Very very comfortable situations this season. I had it somewhere in front of me a little while ago, but you go through, they, they blow out the Giants. Prescott is asked to do virtually nothing for most of that game. They manhandled the Jets, where again, Prescott not asked to do a whole lot. And then yesterday, not asked to do a whole lot. There was one game where the team looked at him and said, hey man, we're going to need you to make a few plays here down the stretch to win this game. And he couldn't make them. San Francisco, this is a big test for him. When we talk about bouncing back off the Arizona loss, yesterday was very solid from a, from a Dallas Cowboys standpoint. But I want to see you bounce back in a spot where you're truly tested again. I know you can hammer t- inferior teams. You've been showing me that all season. You have hammered three inferior teams. Great. This is not an inferior team. I'm not saying you should hammer them, but let's see if Prescott can play clean football. You know, what happens if it's – 80 seconds to go at the end of the first half, and you've got to go 70 yards to get yourself into a reasonable field goal range. Can he get them down the field with a couple timeouts? Can he put them in position there so that if they're receiving the ball in the second half, they can get it and maybe go score again? How is he going to tip the scale in favor of his team rather than against his team? I I don't know the answer to that. I don't think that he can. I don't think he can tip the scale in favor of his team in that spot. And... If I'm going to play devil's advocate for a moment. Go ahead. You cited the 4-11 and 11 for the opponents for the Cowboys, right? Yeah. Niners have collectively beaten teams that are 6-9. and nine. You know, Pittsburgh clearly has turned out to not be very good. Um, you look at the Rams. Eh, they're, they're better than we thought. They're decent, but they're still not a great team. Rams gave them problems, too, in that game. They did. Like in the in the three Dallas wins, nobody gave them any problems whatsoever. Exactly. So I, I guess if I'm going to play devil's advocate with that, maybe I would have a little more trouble believing in that. But, I mean, they, they blew the doors off the Giants, and it's the Cardinals yesterday who for a bit were hanging in there, and then it got away from them because just simply the Niners are the better team. So if I'm going to sit here and, and – 
point to the schedule on on Dallas. I got to point to the schedule on the Niners too, and we'll find out. I I do, however, believe in this. Brock Purdy is a difference maker for the for the 49ers. It is no longer maybe we have a guy here and there when we go back to the last several years and there were questions around Garoppolo being the long-term answer. Clearly, they felt that way when they went out and did what they did for Trey Lance. 49ers have their quarterback here for the long term. This is the guy. It's all solved? I, I think so. And with that being the case, think about how dominant they have a chance to be for the next three years when they're not paying the quarterback for the next two years after this year. When they're not paying the quarterback. That's how you get guys like Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw. That's how you get guys like that paid. Here are the offensive outputs in terms of points that the Niners have experienced since Brock Purdy stepped in against Miami last year when Jimmy Garoppolo went down. Are you ready? 33 points, 35 points, 21 points in a win, 37 points. 37 points, 38 points, 30 points, 30 points, 30 points, 35 points. I mean, that's what San Francisco has scored in every regular season game they've played since Brock Purdy took over in the Miami game. He did not start the Miami game, but he came in relatively early and he threw 37 passes in that game. They have topped 30, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine times in what looks like 10 games. Nine times in 10 games. That's insane, Carlin. Yeah, it's nuts. And and that question has to stop being asked. He's he's their guy. And I, I am so fascinated to see that game this week. I really, for as much as people think this is going to be close, and clearly Vegas does, eh, not so much for the big fella. Okay. Third person again. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh you know, there's something going on in Chicago that's uh, really not good. That's on the way in just moments. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
I think the Bears are as big of a disaster as, frankly, I am at the moment. You ever get into a slump where you can't help but spill something? Like, I just got a little bit of coffee on my shirt. And, like, I have been in a stretch for the last three weeks where seemingly once a day something is ending up on my shirt. And I am not uh, that guy. I I just go through these stretches where I am that guy. Slump-wise, I don't have that specific problem. I will go into a slump where seemingly everything I can bang my toes into, I will bang my toes into. Like there will just be a, a week-long stretch where I am just running into everything yeah. because I'm not paying attention, apparently, and I'm just banging my feet up at every turn. Yeah, no, that's that's painful. I like I, I'll deal with this as opposed to that. Like the Tide Pen people, that was made for me sometimes. <laughs> it really was. But you and I both know we both have people. You have to. We've all got this friend in our life where inevitably something is going to end up on their shirt by the end of the night. Inevitably. It's, 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 I could just see you as the pitch man for the commercial. Hi, I'm Chris Carlin. If you're like me, having trouble keeping food and drink off of your body oh and clothing God. at all times, oh let me God. introduce you to the Tide Pen. It's not all the time. Like I said, it's just stretches. But, like, first time I met my wife's parents, I was in one of those slumps, and that didn't go. Oh, that's not the time to go oh through that. God. Plus, I'm doing it with, uh, you know, I met him at a breakfast, and, we're you know, I got some maple syrup in there. Like. It's just maple syrup when you're in a slump. Dangerous game. Yeah, you got to stay away from that. Quick story on meeting my uh, in-laws for the first time. My father-in-law, when I went to meet him, I you know called him Mr. And then I went by his last name, obviously. It's nice to meet you. And he shakes my hand. He says, nice to meet you as well. And he doesn't correct me on whether or not I should give him the first name or stay with Mr. You know, right. Like that. And that's it. We've still never addressed that. And it's 10 years later. See, that to me would be a red flag right away. That maybe he's sizing you up, doesn't like the look of you right he, away. He, 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 he came out, he fired the first shot, he set the tempo, and then he has dictated tempo ever since. It's a master class in game management. <laughs> so are you still calling him Mr.? No, I call him by his first name, but I've never actually been given approval to do that. Like, that never ended up happening, and it's a running joke inside the family. And despite the fact that it's been brought up several times, he's still never chosen to correct me. <laughs> At every no, turn, no, no. He your has instincts the ability were right. <laughs> to be like, oh, yeah, you're overlooking that. You're overlooking that. No, I was just thinking about something else that day. Yeah, of course, call me by my first name. It's never, <laughs> it's actually never been brought up. I still have never been truly given permission to do it. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Uh, Justin Fields actually played excellent football yesterday. And that's the guy, that's the guy, Joe. For the most part that we saw yesterday against the Broncos when they're getting out to a big lead that I believed in, that could make all the throws, that really was just playing as smart football as he can, and they were setting him up for success. And then he turns it over twice late. He, you know, he uh, had one fumble, and then the pick late was not necessarily his fault because the receiver started uh, stopped running the route. But the Bears, 
Matt Eberflus is just completely lost. The Claypool situation is an utter disaster. They are telling him even further now to stay away uh, this week after they made him inactive yesterday and told him to stay away from the team. And it's just blowing up into a bigger story where it doesn't need to, and the Bears can't get out of their own way when they are losing these games. It's just, this should not be the case for where this team is from what they did in the offseason to get better and when they get a game that is quarterbacked like that yesterday. 28-7 was the lead with under 16 minutes to play. 28-7. And you lose the game 31-28. How is that possible? In a pro football game with less than 16 minutes to go against a winless opponent who's been almost, almost as embarrassing as you. And you end up losing that game and you lose it in regulation. And oh, field by throws, the way. Field throws four touchdowns in the game and getting to 28-7. Oh, by the way, Justin Fields put together one of his best performances at a, as a pro. 28 of 35. He completed 80% of his passes for 335 yards, four touchdowns, and a pick. And despite that, because part of what we've been hearing in Chicago is the quarterback just not, might not be the guy. That might be the problem. Despite this is just like what happened with the Jets. Despite the troubled quarterback putting up a career performance, you still lost the game. Translation, the quarterback, while possibly a problem, is not the problem. To borrow from college football, what you see in Chicago right now in regards to the Bears is a lack of institutional control. Is, yeah. that, is that fair to say? Exactly. It is a lack of institutional control. There are teams that are losing games. They're playing tight football games, and they're just like, like Houston. Or excuse me, not Houston. Houston's actually been playing very well. Arizona's an example. They played very hard the first three weeks of the season. They went 1-2. They had a chance to be 0-3. Niners put it on them a little bit yesterday, but not embarrassing because it's the Niners. Like the Cardinals have been functional. They're bad, but they're functional. The Bears lack institutional control. That's what they have right now. They are dysfunctional on every level. And if you're the ownership group and the decision makers there, you can't allow it to continue. You can lose, sure. You can't be an embarrassment. You can't have the FBI showing up at your facilities. You can't have guys like Chase Claypool, who you traded second-round picks for, just sent home, not even a part of the team anymore. You can't have the quarterback, who's apparently a problem, have a huge career-defining day, and you still blow the game by losing 31-28. You can't have, what is it now, 14 consecutive games where they've given up 25 or more points? 13? I've lost count at this point. The numbers are getting too high for me, Carlin. It's absurd. It's absurd. So basically what you're telling me is Matt Eberflus is becoming like Dennis Erickson, the coach who has lost institu- institutional control. Yeah, just like that. They, they, Whatever the leadership group is in Chicago right now, they failed on every level. There's losing and then there's dysfunction. And they're very, very different things. Like the Jets are losing, but they're still functional. They just have a real problem at quarterback right now. Yeah. The Panthers are losing, and you're starting to wonder about that organization a little bit, whether or not they have the right people in place. Cardinals are losing, but they're competing. They're playing tough. The Bears are dysfunctional. The Bears are dysfunctional. The Bears are the biggest embarrassment in the NFL right now. And as a result of that, you have to examine leadership. you got to scrutinize it very closely. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is if the leadership group is dysfunctional. It doesn't matter what the defense looks like. If the guys making the decisions have put you in this bad of a spot, this bad of a spot. And by the way, Eberflus, it's not even like he's making good decisions yesterday going for it rather than taking the field goal for crying out loud. I mean, what, what, what else is there that you need to see before you make a change? And not only that, how bizarre was it? They take the timeout first 
Oh. And then they go for it. And it's just a, they just, it's just a terrible play call. I mean, what what do you do? Here he is this morning on ESPN 1000 with Cap and Jay Hood uh, on the whole situation with Claypool and what the status is moving forward. Do you anticipate him being active Thursday? Uh, he is not going to be in the, the building uh, this particular week on this short week. I can give you that. That's good. Just let it keep playing. Up. Just cut the guy already and move on. Just cut him. If that's the case, you made a horrible trade, Ryan Poles. Absolutely awful. He doesn't want to be there. He is causing major issues. Cut the dude. You're not salvaging it at this point. Just move on. But instead, again, Joe, what bad organizations do, they let these things play out a lot longer than they need to. Yep. They're not definitive in what they're doing. And that's... I think the bigger point, you watch the Bears play football, you watch them coach football, you watch them handle business off the field. The Bears are not definitive in decision-making, and this is how they find themselves in this kind of spot. So now let me ask this question. We were talking about it a little bit on Get Up this morning. If you are a team searching for a quarterback – not for this season, but looking for your answer. Are you calling the Bears on Justin Fields? Since the Bears are going to end up having potentially the top two picks in the draft, certainly two top five picks in the draft. I would, ha- I would have to imagine that there's got to be a team out there looking at him, watching his tape, and thinking to themselves, this might not be an all-time talent, but there's plenty here from a Bears perspective, to make me think that they didn't do a good job developing him and we might be able to get more out of him at a cheaper price. He's got to be a buy-low candidate. These are the things, the cheap organizations, the team. Like, if you're Atlanta right now, yeah. you have to be looking at every possible quarterback option out there. Like Arthur Smith with the way he wants to run the ball, which, by the way, Arthur Smith – can you get any of these star players involved in the <laughs> offense from a fantasy perspective? Pitts, London, any of them? Can any of them get involved at any point? I'm speaking on behalf of everyone who plays fantasy sports or bets <laughs> some of these props. Like, they get none of these star players involved. I don't know how they win any games. I, I don't, don't know how. I don't know how you, in good conscience now, uh, put a prop bet down on anybody who's not B. John Robinson. I don't know how or you do that. On the, the like the third string tight end yesterday was having a day. Yeah. And it's like, what, why, why did you draft when Kyle Pitts came out of Florida? He was the guy that everyone was like, look, I can't speak about all these other draft prospects. This is the can't miss guy right here. They don't even get him the ball. Drake London doesn't even get the ball. I mean, I don't mean to turn this into a Falcons conversation, but back to the Falcons, Ritter's not the guy. So you should be looking at fields. Teams out there that are a quarterback away from competing should be evaluating Justin Fields for sure right now because there's a good reason to believe that the Bears haven't exactly gotten the most out of them given how they've handled the rest of their business. I totally agree. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Remember, the Falcons, they're the ones who passed on Fields in 2021. Oh, boy. One of the NFL's marquee coaches says there is a change on the way what change and is it even going to make a difference at this point this is the carlin versus joe podcast on espn radio now let's talk about the play of the week the pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team 
Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. It comes down to being my part at the end of the day, so I got to be better for the team in that situation. The ball's not free. It bounces around. Jonathan Cooper scoops it up. Touchdown, Denver. This is all kind of a disaster right now. You don't know how it's going to get much better. Keep going. Don't be discouraged and play every play and every game like it's your last. Rough go in Chicago. The Bears are a complete mess. They're going to end up with two top five picks in the draft. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh. Don't forget to hit us up on Twitter at Carlin versus Joe, at Chris Carlin, at Joe Fortenbaugh. Ryan Clark, ESPN NFL analyst, and of course, Monday Night Countdown joins us right now. Ryan, we appreciate a few minutes. Let's start in Chicago with the Bears. Let's just let's get away from the disaster part of it and just talk about this for a second. If you're the Bears, knowing that you're going to end up with these two top five picks, are you thinking about moving Justin Fields before the trade deadline, especially when he has days like yesterday? Yeah, I would. I, w- I would definitely listen to offers. It's never a bad idea to look to get more assets or more good players in a situation where you feel like you're going to tear, the, you're going to tear what's existing in the building down anyway. And so if you're thinking along the lines of Caleb Williams, you're thinking along the lines of Drake May, who right now seem to be one and two, when you're looking at the college quarterbacks and you feel that Justin Fields or that experiment in Chicago has run its course, why not trade him, get something back for him? Because if you are in that position to draft next offseason and they know you have the one or two or whatever pick they'll have, they'll be expecting you to draft the quarterback so you'll get low ball offers. When you see him have a day like yesterday and a guy like a Desmond Ritter in Atlanta plays the way he is, why wouldn't they take a chance on him? Uh, A guy or a team like the Minnesota Vikings who feel like they have the pieces in the pass game around them who could unload Kirk Cousins. Why wouldn't they take a look at him? And so I think there are teams that would be interested, and I think the Bears should be fielding those calls. So the Bears are struggling with a young quarterback, as are the New England Patriots. Worst loss of Bill Belichick's career yesterday in Dallas. Mac Jones doesn't even finish the game. What do you think the future is going to hold in New England in terms of how much longer Mac is the QB and how much longer Bill's the coach? Well, I mean, I think Bill's the coach until Bill doesn't want to be the coach. Um, It seems like Bill may not be the guy to shop for the groceries and mix the ingredients. You know, when you think about drafting a Mac Jones, you should surround him with playmakers. The playmakers on that team 
should more resemble the Miami Dolphins, the Philadelphia Eagles, the San Francisco 49ers, guys you can get the football out of their hands quickly to and allow them to do things with the football in their hands like yards after the catch, create those dynamic big plays using their legs. And they don't have those type of players around them. And Bill Belichick has put this roster together. You look at last year deciding to go into the season with Matt Patricia as the play caller, someone who had never been in that position and the regression that took place in Matt Jones and now seeing him this year not being much better. I think Matt Jones always had a ceiling or a cap as it pertained to his talent, but you felt like neck up and above um, and in between the ears, he was excellent. We've seen him regress there as well when it comes to decision-making, when it comes to pocket presence, when it comes to anticipation. And so with all of those things, I think Mac Jones' time is up. The only problem is Bailey Zappi's worse, right? <laughs> so if you're yep. Bill Belichick, you kind of have to ride Mac for this rest of this year and then see what the offense or what the offseason brings in way of getting a new quarterback. Ryan Clark, ESPN NFL analyst with us. Uh, Okay, devil's advocate on the Belichick stuff. Uh, Kraft said before the season how important it was throughout the offseason to make the playoffs. Ryan, am I wrong to think that he's still kind of annoyed that he sided with Belichick at the end of this when Brady was leaving, that he was more of a Brady guy, and maybe Bill does not necessarily get the chance at this point since it's been a few years to decide when he leaves. I mean, I think that's always the conversation Robert Kraft is entitled to have with Bill Belichick. And I do believe that Bill Belichick, despite his successes and his accomplishments, would understand if his times run out there. Coaches don't stay in places for two-plus decades anymore. Hell, coaches don't want to stay in places that long. And so it could be that that organization needs a new voice, that that organization needs new energy. And if that's the decision that Robert Kraft makes or is leaning toward, I think he can have that conversation with Bill Belichick if they decide they want to start anew. But at Robert Kraft's age, as having, having owned the team as long as he has, does he really want to? Would he rather venture into the unknown or try to rework this with Bill Belichick? RC, what we saw with the Jets last night, Zach Wilson, he's taken a lot of crap from a lot of people, this show included, myself included. But when you see a performance like that, you got to stand up and tip your cap. All right, that's a big spot right there. He made some big plays. He put the best QB rating of his career out there. He completed over 70% of his passes. Wasn't perfect, but was good enough to give him a chance to win. So is there reason to believe that this version of Zach Wilson could be the guy we see going forward, or is that more of the outlier performance? I mean... If we're, if we're judging off of film and history, it's certainly the outlier. We've seen the other Zach Wilson many more times than we've seen this one. Hell, I've never met this one. I don't even know who this guy is. <laughs> and, so, and so when you look at it that way, you say it's the outlier. But it seems that Robert Sala is resigned to the fact that he's going to continue giving Zach Wilson opportunities to show that he can be this quarterback. And judging by last night, if, if Zach Wilson can be this quarterback or exhibit these sorts of talents, this sort, sort of playmaking, the New York Jets can be in every football game because we understand what a high-level caliber defense they have. Um, if you were asking me to uh, – my contract's up in February uh, here at ESPN. If you were asking me 
to bank my next contract on it, I would bet that we don't see this guy more than we saw the other guy. But uh, thank God you aren't asking me to do that. And so I just think, man, I just think we just got to. I just think we just have to wait um, and see what next week holds. Um, this is probably a week that needs to be circled for Zach Wilson, for Nathaniel Hackett, for the New York Jets. Uh, if we remember early on in the preseason, Sean Payton speaking very negatively about the previous or prior coaching staff in Denver, which was led by Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, how sweet would it be to really exploit this historically terrible defense of the Denver Broncos? I'm just picturing your contract negotiations and your boss saying, you know what? Listen, here's the deal. Zach Wilson plays great. You get a new contract. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm start looking for another profession. <laughs> Ryan, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for a few minutes. My guys, have a great day. Ryan Clark, ESPN NFL analyst. Like that, you as a wagering individual and wagering expert, you can appreciate like an eight-leg parlay being a better bet than maybe Zach Wilson playing better the rest of the year. Well, if you're going to make that wager with your next contract in this bizarro world we've suddenly created coming off that conversation with RC, I, I would want it like this. It would be all right. So here's how it works. Obviously, if Wilson doesn't play, play well, I'm, I'm not getting another contract. But if he does... I'll take Joe Buck's contract, right? <laughs> like, I want a payout. I don't, I'm not looking for an even money payout on that proposition. Exactly, exactly. Like if I'm going to risk my career, eh, how about Joe Buck's? It Just really is the, out there. It, it really is the ultimate lottery ticket that you yeah. are taking there with Zach Wilson, isn't it? At about the yeah. same odds. You are, you're, you're, you're likely going down. You're going down, yeah. but again, like, I, I, I told myself all this towards the end of last night. I did not want today to be a day where I was making any Zach Wilson jokes. I've made a ton of Zach Wilson jokes. Today's the day where you got to tip your cap. You really do, because he played well enough to win. The problem for the Jets is that you got a good performance from Zach Wilson, and you still found a way to lose. That's what should, should be burning you up today. Yeah, I, I don't have a, a cap to tip. I mean, it, <laughs> Your head doesn't fit. Are you like uh, Patrick, Patrick Cantlay? We can't get you a hat that size properly. That yeah, Ryder Cup I, performance. That's what has, we were all worried about was the put it cap this way. sizes. Yeah, put it this way. It has nothing to do with not getting paid for this. <laughs> nothing to do with that whatsoever. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. One move that could completely change a divisional battle on Sunday. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enough is enough! Headed down the runway and ready for the NFL takeoff. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. 
We go through as many games as we can in segment one of Takeoff. Let us begin. Ravens 28, Browns 3. Boy, I tell you what, the Browns without... Uh, Deshaun Watson yesterday never stood a chance. Never stood a chance in that game. Uh, DTR, uh, Thompson Robinson from UCLA, he didn't have much of a chance. And I'll give you credit here with uh, uh, Lamar Jackson. We have talked about how good that Cleveland defense is. Lamar Jackson took control of that game yesterday and put a stranglehold on it. Never let it go. 12-1 12-1 to 1 to win the MVP award. I think that's a good bet. Baltimore's even money to win the AFC North. I think that's a good bet. Pittsburgh's 2-2. Two and two. They're not going to be around. They've got some serious issues on offense. They're lucky to be 2-2. Two and two. Cleveland or Cincinnati's 1-3. They're in a tight spot. And Cleveland's improved. They're better. But they're going to have these slip-ups, and that's going to pave the way for Baltimore to win the division. Still waiting. Still waiting for you to say something. After on Friday, you said in Pickham, you wanted the Browns. I wanted the Ravens. You said you'd agree with me, but you know it's a win-win for you because you either ridicule me or you ride with me. You gotta, hey, you gotta address this at some point. Well, here's what I'll address. My back is hurting. Why did I want the Why did I want the Browns? Because Watson was going to play. Okay, and all wait of a, a minute. He's not playing. So your analysis of that game was Deshaun Watson, who has been very average at best this season. That's why you were you were taking the Browns. Or was well, it he was defense? much better last week. He started making me think he's coming around. And when they're starting a rookie, and he finds out two hours before kick, yeah, I kind of like the Ravens in that spot. Just you know, maybe like check in with me on uh, Sunday morning wife even in a situation where you could easily go you're right i'm glad we went with your pick on the ravens you're gonna fight it tooth and nail at every turn aren't you never wrong rams 29 (laughs) colts 23 rams were out to a 20 to nothing lead and had to hold on for dear life in this game but i do give them credit in winning kyron williams has really turned in to be a pretty decent back you know the it's not like the colts are terrible against the run two touchdowns 103 yards but The bigger question is this. Do we believe in Anthony Richardson now as a quarterback? Me? Still not there yet. Yeah, and that's fair because it's only been a couple games. He hasn't even played in every game due to the injuries. And we knew coming in, it was going to be a guy who needed a lot of development in the passing game. Keep him healthy, show some progress throughout the course of the year, and the Colts will have succeeded in what they set out to succeed. For the Rams... Bravo, Sean McVay. I had wrote you off for dead this season. I thought you guys were going to be tanking for Caleb Williams. You have been very competitive. Two and two, but both losses. Niners and on the road against Cincinnati. Those were very competitive losses. McVay's doing a real nice job in L.A. this year. Buccaneers 26, Saints 9. I have an idea for those of you who are still looking for a punishment for the last place person in your fantasy league. The loser this year has to sit and watch every single New Orleans Saints game again because they are so brutal to watch. I would rather do uh, the old sit in the Waffle House for 24 hours or one of those deals than I would to watch the Saints have to rewatch their entire season. They are just that bad to watch. 
24 hours in a Waffle House doesn't sound like a punishment for you. Well, but it is because, you know, oh. listen, even there, everybody's got their limits when you try to inhale waffles to cut down on the time. Listen, <laughs> I have a very delicate consistency, as you would imagine. I, I, I could imagine. Uh, the Saints have been brutal to watch this season. You can bet them plus 110 to miss the playoffs. I think they're going to miss the playoffs. You have to remember, the only reason people thought they would be good this year is because they have the easiest schedule in the NFL. Well, it's not going to matter how easy it is if they can't win any of the games. Offensively, when we watch them play this year, I mean, look at their scoring output in these games. 16 against Tennessee, 20 against Carolina, 17 against Green Bay, 9 against Tampa Bay. Dennis Allen's probably out before the end of the year. The Derek Carr experiment is not going well at all. This offense is a far cry from what we remember. You can get the Buccaneers to win the division at plus 165. They have looked vastly superior to every team in that division, and they are plus 165 to win the division. $100 bet returns 165 in profit. Who's it going to be? Desmond Ritter? Winless Carolina? Or this Saints team? I don't think so. Tampa's only losses to Philly. There's no shame in that. Uh, I really don't want to watch any NFC South football this year at all. Texans 30, Steelers 6. Speaking of football, I don't want to watch. Dear God, the Steelers stink. Your boys. That was, that was a horrible performance yesterday. I mean, they had opportunities to score all over the place, and they couldn't do it. Kenny Pickett, I'm starting to wonder. I'm starting to wonder a little bit. And then, on the flip side, man, C.J. Stroud looks fantastic. Looks really, really good. And I think one thing that we haven't given enough props to, D'Amico Ryans knows what the hell he's doing. And that is exactly where I will pick up because D'Amico Ryans is 12-1 to to win Coach of the Year. They're 2-2. Two and two. He's also developing a rookie quarterback and making him look good. It's not just him. I know there are other people involved, but in Chicago, they can't develop their guy. In Atlanta, they can't develop their guy. In New England, they can't develop their guy. In Carolina, it doesn't look like they're developing their guy. And then you look at Houston, and it's like this team is tough. They show up. They compete. They push people around. The quarterback's making plays. You win 8-9 games. D'Amico Ryans could make a great case for coach of the year because this team was drafting second and third overall last May. Look, the Steelers to give up 30 points to the Houston Texans really have to acknowledge that the defense is not nearly as good as the one they had last year. And there were some changes there. You still have dominant players like TJ Watt, but at the same time, that, that is supposed to be a unit that can carry you in some games when you have a mid-level offense. They don't even have a mid-level offense right now. No. No, not at all. They've been brutal. Absolutely brutal. It is painful to watch. I can't get over the fact that it has been this bad. And they are 2-2 two and two somehow. Somehow, some way, they are sitting at 2-2 two and two on the year. We will have part two of takeoff coming up about 30 minutes from now. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. There is so much more to get to, including Dame Dalla Speaks. Mm. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. 